Hello everyone and welcome to the broadcast tonight. I am extremely excited about what I'm gonna to teach tonight. You know, I thought I would be in uh, Norman tonight, but we're stuck in San Antonio, Texas, handling some business. So you're seeing me from San Antonio, but I'm glad you're with me. Listen, here's what I need you to do. Right now, I need you to share this. I need you to tag some friends in your comments. And of course, hit those hearts and those thumbs. Let's stay engaged tonight by making comments and uh, stay involved by making comments. It's gonna be a powerful night. As a matter of fact, I am thrilled about February. February is gonna be a strong month in building relationships at Quest Church, okay? So on Wednesday night, we're talking about relationship realities. And we've got Bishop Gary McIntosh and his wife Debbie gonna join us in a few weeks. Joe and Yolanda Morgan on one of the Wednesday nights. Clint and Kendall Brown on one of the Wednesday nights. You cannot miss it. And then on Sunday mornings in February, our theme is moved from one to oneness. And you're going to understand that God's going to give you powerful revelation concerning what that means. So you cannot afford to miss one service in February. I thank God for the move of God in our services on Sunday morning. If you've been missing church, wow, you are missing a move of God. It's been, it's been very, very strong. I was supposed to be with Giovanna tonight, and of course she's She's in Oklahoma and I'm here in San Antonio. And uh, we wanted to do this together. And you'll hear from us later on in the month together. But tonight, you stuck with Pastor Rick, okay? So I'm gonna go right to the blueprint. You know, when I talk about relationship, I like to go to the law of first mention. I like to look at what did God say first about relationship? And the first thing we find in scripture concerning relationship, of course, is Genesis chapter two. I'm gonna read this passage and give some commentary, and I know God's gonna to speak to you tonight. When you hear something good, make a comment about it. Genesis chapter two, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good. It is not good. Now everything he's created till now, he said it is good. But when this happens, he said it's not good. And the Lord God said, it is not good. What is not good? That the man should be alone or that the man should be by himself. I will make a help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field, every fowl, you know this, and brought them to Adam. And watch what the Bible says, to see what Adam would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Think of the authority that man carried. God said, I'm gonna bring it to you and you name it. And whatever you name it, or whatever you call it, that will be its name. Be careful what you call stuff that comes into your life. Be careful what you call stuff that is brought to you, okay? And Adam gave names to all the cattle, the fowl of the air, the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. Now watch this. And brought her to the man. If he brought her to the man, that means he left with the rib. I'm going to say it again. Be careful what you call what is brought to you. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, 
flesh of my flesh. And watch what Adam called her. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be, here we go, one flesh. Put in your comments right now, oneness, everyone. Just put it in there, oneness. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's start off very contemporary, shall we? All right. There's a difference in a perfect catch and a perfect match. All right. There's a difference. And you heard some of you heard Jovan and I talk about some of this last year. But there's a difference in a perfect catch and a perfect match. A perfect catch is a fishing. That's a fishing term. <laughs> the thing with a perfect catch is it, it's liable to jump out the boat. But a perfect match will never leave what it's connected to as long as covenant is remained in a response and maintained in a responsible fashion. So you must understand that you're not looking for the perfect catch. You are looking for the perfect match. What is a perfect match? A perfect match, I wrote this down, is two people that make an unconditional commitment to another imperfect person. A perfect match is two people that make an unconditional commitment to another imperfect person. So a perfect match is really the revelation, the, the realization, and the recognition that no one is perfect. But you have made a covenant with someone that you love. You've made that commitment. And when you do that, you can build a perfect match. And where there's a perfect match, there's always peace. All right. There's a difference in companionship and what I would call complementary relationship. Companionship is just someone that's with you when you're by yourself so you, that you don't feel lonely. But a complementary relationship is the relationship that is a, that God has assigned not just to your person, but to your purpose. OK, and that's very, very powerful. So you must realize the importance of having a partner on purpose and a partner in purpose. That's a complementary relationship. A partner that's with you on purpose and a partner that is with you in purpose. Recognize the power that that produces when that partnership is formed. Okay, so let me let me move on because in this bearership, in this beginning, in this initiation of this series, I want to make something very clearly. When the person is not right, the partnership cannot be right. Okay? When the person is not whole, the partnership can't be whole. So everything starts with the individual. So in the developmental stage of life, stages of life, there is dependence, there's independence, there's interdependence, and there's codependence. I'm going to walk you through those really quickly. Because when dependence is not developed properly, when a child moves from dependence or, yeah, from dependence to independence, I'm not going to lose his laptop. When a child moves from dependence to independence, if dependence has not been developed properly, there's a liability. And the liability is this, that there's a probability that that person who should be living independently becomes 
codependent because their dependence was not developed properly. I cannot tell you the value of impartation. I cannot tell you the value of training up children in the way they should go. When that is not handled properly, when they get to independence, they are liable to connect with someone to receive the value that they've always been looking for that they never got or received as a child. And that's why you find young people in promiscuity, you find young people in perverted relationships because they are looking for someone to give them value, to make them feel important, to make them feel significant. And when independence is not properly understood as being whole, graduating from dependence to independence, they are liable to end up in codependence. And codependent relationships are always dangerous because a codependent relationship is one person saying, I am not right, I'm not whole, or I'm not complete without an endorsement of this person, this particular person that I've connected myself to. Interdependence is the highest level of relationship. I'm gonna give you a definition of interdependence because it's very important. Interdependence is at the core of complementary relationships. Interdependence is at the core of complementary relationships. Interdependence is about forming a connection with your partner that reciprocates mutual benefits. Okay, understand that. I'm gonna say it again. Interdependence is about forming a connection with your partner that reciprocates mutual benefits. And that's very important for us to understand. So how do we do that? What's the practical steps? This is what we're gonna be talking about all month. I'm gonna introduce it to you now. Communication is vital. Verbal and nonverbal communication. So it's not just talking, it's touching. All right? Affirming, talking, confirming, touching. All of these things are modes, ways, and methods of communication. We're gonna talk about that this month. Someone once said the essential cement to relationship is expressions of affection, that is touch. All right, so that's very important. Uh, communication, company, companions to your partnership, cash, finances, money. We're gonna talk about that this month and how important that is. Um, I said this, couples don't usually talk about money. However, when they do, the conversation can end up in a debate and usually the debate is overspending. I just wanna throw that out there to tell you that when we get to the money part, everyone will tell you there's three legs that the, the triad of great relationship happens in communication, money, and sex. And we're gonna cover a lot of that stuff in this next month and you don't wanna miss it. Okay, and then finally is character. That's where we're going tonight. Okay, so I'm praying this morning about this because I knew I was gonna be filming this for you guys. And I started thinking about the fruit of marriage, okay? The fruit of marriage. And immediately my mind went to Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23, the fruit of the spirit. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You don't find fruit in relationship. You grow fruit in relationship. Well, you can't grow what you do not plant. And what you plant, if it is not cultivated, it'll never be produced. So you must plant, you must cultivate what you have planted and you will produce what you cultivate. 
Cultivation is work. Great relationships are built on one word, work. You have to work on it. A relationship is an empty box. Whatever you put into it is what you get out of it. If you don't work on it, it's not going to work for you. If you don't work on your relationships, they're not going to work for you. So I'll just say this. This is not about what your partner brings to the relationship. This is about what you produce in the relationship as a couple. And here it is, Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm going to go through them very quickly for you. All right. These are the nine fruits that you should be planting, cultivating, and producing in your relationship as a couple. Okay. Number one is love. You must love what you do to be effective at it. You must love what you do to be effective at it. Learn to love not just your spouse, learn to love marriage. I hope y'all hear me right here. Write that in your comments right now. Love your marriage. Don't just love your spouse, love marriage. And loving marriage is something that is learned. You know, I was single for 12 years and when Jovan and I got married, I didn't just fall in love with her. I fell in love with marriage, the covenant of marriage, because I realized what I'd been missing for 12 years. So number one is love. Number two is joy. What is joy? Joy is excitement. Excitement is contagious. I wrote this down for you guys. Keep the fun in your relationship. Keep laughing. Laughter is medicine. Jovan and I oftentimes... It's so funny to me. We'll start to have a little debate, you know, one of those heated debates. And when we start to argue, we start laughing at each other. And the laughter gives us a mode of communication that we can work through what we disagreed on. But we always keep joy in our home. Always dancing, laughing, cutting up, telling jokes, laughing and stuff on TV. And now River Ricky has offered us a lot of laughter and joy. So keep joy as a paramount priority in your relationship. Then number three is peace. Maintain a peaceful attitude when dealing with each other. No matter how heated it is, stay peaceful. People do not respond well to, to emotional instability. No one responds well to emotional instability. So why would you expect your partner to respond well to it? Emotional instabilities up and down and all over the place. Be consistent in your character and you'll produce peace in your home and in your relationship. The next one is patience. Who Lord. I'm going to go ahead and confess. I can be a little impatient at times. Yes and amen. <laughs> but be careful when you pray for patience because the way God brings it can be very interesting. Patience in your relationship is very important. Do not get easily frustrated. It projects an image, number one, that you're not approachable. Be patient with each other, which means sometimes you're gonna have to tolerate some stuff. 
And tolerating stuff can be very, very powerful. If you do not learn to tolerate some things properly, you'll have a hard time celebrating things enthusiastically. So relationship is all about putting up with each other. Every day is not roses. Sometimes it's a thorn. But don't let the thorn puncture and cause the air to leave your relationship. Be patient with each other. Kindness. And again, I'm just talking to you from experience and from my heart tonight. I know these things work. This is the fruit of marriage. Kindness. Kindness is a method of love that speaks to the heart, not the mind. What's some practical things? Here's a kind, here's an act of kindness. Opening the door for your spouse when you're the husband. All right? Your wife drives up and the trunk is full of stuff and you go out and you get it and you bring it in. That's just simple, practical. And you know what? And these women will tell you that will go miles with them. Just acts of kindness. The next one is goodness. Involving your spouse in acts of goodness has a certain attractiveness and appeal to it. So when you're doing something good for people, involve your spouse. Sometimes goodness is shown in how you treat other people that your spouse loves. Let your goodness be shown to the people that she loves. All right? So goodness is always have goodness as an essential characteristic of your relationship. Then next, I've just got three more to go here, is faithfulness. Many people count faithfulness as loyalty. Faithfulness is much different than loyalty. Be faithful to your spouse, which means dependability, availability, and punctuality. Okay? Punctuality, availability, and dependability. That's faithfulness. Be dependable. When you say you're going to do something, do it. Be available. Babe, call me. Make yourself available. And be punctual. If you tell them you're going to be somewhere at a certain time, certainly do that. Then gentleness. Being harsh with your partner is setting yourself up for failure. Being harsh is setting yourself up for failure. Tenderness is a virtue. Tenderness is a virtue. I can't believe how many men can't tell their wives three words, I love you, because they don't feel like that that's a manly thing to do. Well, let me tell you something. Those words build her world, and there's nothing more important than a man telling your wife that you love her. Tell her thank you when she brings your plate to you or you do something for her. Women of God, learn to tell you, your spouse thank you, all right? The last one is self-control. No matter the circumstance, never lose your temper. I didn't say don't have a temper. I said don't lose your temper. You've lost your temper when you go into a fit of rage and fits of rage destroy marriages. They destroy relationships because the limits are off. I didn't say don't get mad. The Bible says be angry and sin not. It's okay to have a temper. It's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to go into a fit of rage. It's not okay to condescend. It's not okay to tear your spouse or your partner apart with your words. Proverbs 15, one says, a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Did you hear that? A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles the temper. Proverbs 29, 11, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. 
The wise bring what? Calm. So I want to encourage you guys tonight. It's nothing we want more than to have the relationships in our church. Number one, with your spouse. Number two, with your children. And number three, with the family of God. We want our relationships to be fortified. We want them to be strong. We want them to represent the kingdom of God. Father, I pray for relationships tonight that you would touch men and women and let them begin to plant, cultivate, and produce the fruits listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And when that those nine things have been planted, cultivated, and produced, we have strong, healthy, vibrant relationships. Bless these people. Amen.